somebody open your mouth and let the high praise of God let the high praise of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand Woo. oh my 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 somebody clap your hands one more time and give him praise Woo. My, 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 my. This thing's liable to just blow up any moment right here. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Woo! Amen. You may be seated for just a few moments. Welcome to Sunday morning at the Rock. Hallelujah. Church, would you help me put your hands together one more time and welcome all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us this morning. It is such a privilege and an honor to have all of our guests that are here with us today. If this is your first time visiting the Rock Church, you should have received an invitation when you walk through the door to our VIP room. And if you're here this morning for the first time and you didn't receive one of those, if you'll just lift your hands, we'll get one right to you. But that invitation is immediately after the service when we dismiss. If you'll meet us out in the lobby on the red carpet, we've got a VIP room prepared for you with some, some light refreshments and a small gift. We just want to get a chance to say thank you for, for blessing us with your presence in this house today. We have a little saying around here and understanding that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. After that, we just say welcome home. Amen? Would you help me, church, just turn to somebody next to you and tell them welcome home this morning. Come on, turn to somebody sitting behind you, somebody in front of you. Don't leave anybody untouched. And just tell them welcome home. Amen. So good to have you in the house of the Lord. It is good to have Pastor and First Lady Kurt with us again this morning. All the way from Arkansas and their beautiful family. Would you help me thank God for them today? Amen. So honored to have them in the house of the Lord. And it is wonderful to have my beautiful niece with us today. All the way from Colorado. My niece, Carly, would you help me put your hands together and give her a great big welcome? Love her, so proud of her, and uh, glad she's here this week. And uh, anybody just thankful for what God's been doing in this sanctuary? What an awesome time we have been having. Last night they texted me, oh, I guess it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We baptized another person in Jesus' name. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Woo! How many of you thank God for revival like that? Hallelujah. Amen. It don't matter what time of day it is, which day it is. Amen. You don't know what hour the Lord is coming. And we've got to be ready. Amen. I heard somebody recently that said we ought to change the way we think. From he's coming soon to he's coming unexpectedly. And uh, we are just thankful for what God is doing in this house. Somebody say this Tuesday. This Tuesday night is normally our midweek service. But we are replacing. Somebody shout replacing. We're replacing Tuesday night service with three services. <laughs> We're moving midweek from Tuesday to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. In case somebody hadn't told you yet, this week is impact. Not sure if anybody's told you yet today. And uh, it's going to be absolutely incredible. I promise you, you want to get here early yesterday or early this morning I woke up to a text uh, from another church in Texas bringing a group 
And uh, just every single day, we're getting more and more. And uh, it's going to be incredible. I want to say personally a great big thank you to everybody who has labored so diligently in the weeks leading up to this conference, in preparation for this conference. Your labor and work doesn't go unnoticed. Would you help me give a great big hand of appreciation to every laborer who has put their hand to the plow in the past few weeks in preparation? Amen. We had a, 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 clean, a cleaning party on Friday night and on Saturday. There must have been over 100 people here on Friday night cleaning this place. <laughs> Amen. We had the music turned up. This place was lit. We were having a good time while we cleaned, but I want to say on behalf of uh, Sister Black, our director, the director of our sanitation team. Amen. I want to say on her behalf, thank you to everybody who showed up and made yourself available and uh, we love and appreciate you. How many of you have been blessed by Pastor May and him being with us this past week and a half? This is an, an incredible, incredible man of God. Several years ago, the Lord allowed us to cross paths. And uh, as only God can do, uh, God connected us. And over the years, I've had a chance uh, to get to know him a little bit better and a little bit better. And uh, in no time at all, I was made very aware uh, that this man and his family are some of God's absolute finest people in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Sister May and, and the girls, if you're watching, listening, or listen later, I love you all. You all are amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And um, I've had the distinct privilege of preaching in their local assembly and then for one of their conferences. And I'm just telling you, TVC of Memphis got it going on in Jesus' name. And uh, some of y'all were trying to figure him out when he came to the pulpit and then started speaking Spanish. Y'all say, well, hold on a second. I'm, and, uh, but he is a uh, descendant from Colombia and Nic Nicaragua. No, no, no. Panamanian. Yes. I get it all confused. But he's apostolic from head to toe. I'm excited he's in the house of the Lord with us today. Would you stand to your feet all over this place as we prepare for the entrance of God's word into this house. I know that the Lord has prepared something powerful for this family, for this sanctuary today. And Pastor May, we want you to just obey the Holy Ghost. Whatever God has laid on your heart, we're with you this morning. We're ready for what God has for us. Amen. Would somebody put your hands together one more time. Thank God for the ministry of Pastor May as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us today. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Williams. God bless everyone here today. Uh, you may be seated for just a moment. I just want to say I'm, I'm definitely honored and privileged to be at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. I appreciate what God is doing and what God has done and, of course, what God is going to do. And there is an anticipation just not because of the conference, but just because he is coming. Amen. As the, as the pastor already said, unexpectedly. <laughs> and so we, we know that he is, is coming is nigh, and we are making preparations. We are making preparations. And so I, I'm grateful for this opportunity God has given me to be able to be here amongst you and observe. You know, there's, a, there's something about... Um, uh, I think the Bible tells us of the the monarch, the the queen of Sheba, that she wanted to she wanted to come and see if it was like they told her. She said the half was not told unto me. 
And uh, there is a beautiful thing that when, as a, a, a leader wanting to lead and wanting to inspire and to build people, because we're not about building buildings, although we need buildings, but we're not about building buildings, we're about building people. Amen. The kingdom of God is about people. We build in them the word of God and the spirit of God is, is what uh, causes us to, to stand throughout the test of time. And so to see what God is building here in Fort Myers is a beautiful thing. And I am honored and privileged to be here uh, the days that God's allowed me to be here and looking forward to Impact Conference. I do want to give greetings on behalf of my wife and my two daughters. Um, I know some um, have not met them, but, man, they are definitely the better part of myself. <laughs> Thank God for my, my wife and my two daughters. Um, they're really, right now, they're having service, and they're uh, active in, in the work of God, and I appreciate what God has allowed us to be able to do for his kingdom. So we're grateful. But we've come here this morning on purpose. None of us opened our eyes and said, what am I doing here? All of us got ready today. Some of us, I mean, put on um, uh, maybe a new clothes. And some of us put on, um, well, new clothes to us. And some of us, <laughs> you know, uh, got ready. Whatever way that you got ready to get here today, you're here today. And uh, you don't really understand exactly why you felt out of all the days to come to come today, but God brought you here today, and so we're grateful for you to be here in God's house today. And I just want to say a very, very great thank you and um, to uh, the Rock Church and also to Pastor and First Lady Williams. Thank you so much. We love you very much. Thank you for your uh, motivation, your inspiration, the example you set for the Church of the Living God. So. Without any further delay, we're going to go into the word of the Lord. I will say, uh, if we can get uh, the bishop a microphone and give him those, uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm needing to go to the book of John this morning, John chapter number four, as we stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. John chapter four, welcome everyone to the Rock Church, and I know God has great things in store for us. John chapter four, when we begin reading at verse number one. The Bible says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now jo Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. This morning, I want to preach to us on um, this thought. You are on God's mind. You, 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 you are on God's mind. Lord, we thank you for your word that's anointed. I ask you, God, to anoint every heart and every mind that's going to receive it today. I pray that it will fall on good ground. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your will be done in our lives today. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. And let the church say amen. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord as we're seated today. Hallelujah. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. As uh, our text reads today, it is an interesting point uh, that we find here in Scripture. Of course, starting off speaking of uh, Jesus and the making of disciples. 
Because what we understand of God is God is looking to uh, make disciples and, and make people to be like him. And so Jesus has disciples that he's working with and he's building and he's making. And he leaves an area uh, called Judea and goes again into Galilee. But this time is different from the other times. This time Jesus is uh, on purpose taking a different route. He understands that there is something that I have to address. There is something I have to, to uh, handle. There is someone I need to meet. And Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. I can't take a different route. I can't go on a different road. I can't uh, take a shortcut. This is the way I have to go. Now, we live in a time of, 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 of GPS, and so you put in your coordinates or where you're wanting to go, and it gives you a lot of times up to three different routes of how you can get from point A to point B. But Jesus, and when he was looking at the map and when he was figuring out how he was going to get from uh, Judea back into Galilee, he said, no, there's only one way I can go. And the way I've got to go this time, I must needs go through Samaria. Now, Samaria, uh, of course, was in, in its history at one time the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Samaria was that epicenter, the place of where, the, if we can call it, the rebellious group used to hang out. We know there was a division after King Solomon and the, there was a northern kingdom and then the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. And so the capital at one point of the northern kingdom was Samaria. Matter of fact, it was the last capital of the northern kingdom. And as uh, Jesus is looking to bring uh, something great amongst the people. There is a, a plan that God is unfolding. And we, we see it later on. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, it says, uh, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. So Samaria is a part, always has been a part of God's uh, uh, formula in reaching the world. And so now he says, I've got to go through Samaria. Now let me explain to us that Jesus mentions to his disciples on an occasion about the parable of the sower. The sower sows seeds. And we, he explains what this parable means, that the sower uh, the seeds is the word of God. And uh, that the word is, is sown and it mentions four different types of ground. And so um, for a while I, I used to think, well, that doesn't seem fair. How can it that some people could have good ground and other people have thorny ground and other people have rocky ground and other people have hard ground? How, is, how does that work? That doesn't seem fair. That means one out of four can be saved. But that's incorrect thinking. Uh, it's not one out of four can be saved. It's that whatever you and I decide, that can be the condition of our soil. The soil is your heart. And, and so you have an opportunity today to have a hard heart. You have an opportunity today to have a stony heart. You have an opportunity today to have a thorny heart. Or you have an opportunity today to have a heart, amen, that's good ground for the word of God to find a home in. Amen. And so it's time to get out the plow and break up the fallow ground. Oh, God, do something in my heart today. Amen. God, do something in my heart today. And so uh, considering this, uh, there's a couple of things I want to bring to our attention before we go any further in our, our text. And that is uh, God has blessed the Rock Church of Fort Myers, amen, with a male man. God has given you a man of God, a pastor. Hallelujah. And your pastor, every, every time he comes to this pulpit and even outside of the pulpit, is constantly giving you messages, letters. Amen. Mail from heaven. God, amen, has a word for you. And God's giving you a mailman. 
And so I just want to ask our, our local mailman today, he got, he got a couple, just, just give out a couple of those. Uh, he's got some correspondence for a couple of people here today. Go ahead and read the names out, Bishop. Got a couple of people. We're, we're going to do this throughout the service, so don't, don't be alarmed. Jennifer Mason. Oh, Jennifer Mason, where are you at? Where are you at? Come on down. You're the next, con no. <laughs> she's in Sunday school. Oh, she's in Sunday school. We'll get it to her. One more, one more, Bishop. Allison Faust. Allison Faust. Oh, there she is. Amen. Thank God for the mailman. <laughs> Praise God. So anyways, that's going to be happening throughout the service. Just understand that the beautiful thing is that God knows your name. God knows your address. I said God knows your name and God knows where you're at this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know, when it comes to the mailman, you can't get mad at the mailman if it's good news or bad news. He's just delivering the mail. <laughs> well, let's go forward. So here we are. We are, are seeing that Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. This is not an option. This is not something that, well, we can randomly uh, uh, do it if we, if, we, if we have time. If we don't have time, well, it's okay. No, this has to happen. This has to happen. There are a few times in the scripture that we find where Jesus says, and he's adamant about a situation, and he says, this has to happen. Uh, one of those occasions we find in Mark. Mark chapter 13, amen, and re reading verse number 10. Mark chapter 13 and verse number 10, the Bible says, and the gospel must first be preached or published among all nations. And so that's something that has to happen. What we have represented here this morning, amen, from Germany all over, all the way to Great Britain, all nations, amen, the gospel must be published to all nations. Hallelujah. Now, it wasn't in the notes, but I will say that uh, uh, our, our world is, is, is in a turmoil and topsy-turvy because of all kind of uh, conflict. And although we don't like conflict, we understand that conflict is what builds character in us. And so we can be superficial and uh, take the information that is being projected and allow that information to mark us. Or we can, amen, become, uh, amen, the children of God and allow God to inform us. Uh, let God get inside of us and let that, let that make, make us who we need to be. What am I saying? What I want to say is that uh, uh, unlike everyone else's uh, thought process maybe, God is a God of race. I would dare to say that God is a racist. I, what did you just say? Yeah, if you're a human being, God loves you because God loves the human race. And if you're a part of the human race, God's not concerned about the color of your skin. God's not concerned about your accent. God's not concerned about your pedigree. God loves the human race. And if you're a human being, I said if you are a human being, God loves you. Amen. So anyways, meanwhile back at the ranch, Jesus mentioned that this has to happen. And so he comes to the city of Samaria, and it mentions the town of Sikar and that area where Jacob's well was. And in history, it mentions to us uh, this parcel of ground that is known from Genesis 33 and verse 19 that talks about uh, the transaction where Jacob bought the well uh, from the, the sons of Hamar and how they... They bought that parcel of ground and he built a house and on and on. But this area uh, has some history to it. It was a landmark. Jacob's well was something that both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom could identify with because it, it talked about their heritage. And so they're looking at, he's coming to a place uh, that we could say 
it is a place of, of coming together because whether you're from the north or you're from the south, we can agree that Jacob is the one who gave us this wealth. And we all descend from Jacob based on this, this text here today. So there was a, he, he met her on common ground. He met her at a place where uh, they can both agree that this is Jacob's wealth. Jacob, Israel. And so whether you're Samaritan or whether you're Jewish, it doesn't matter. We all understand that this is a common place. Oh, hallelujah. When you come to God, when we come to God, when we come to church, the rock church, we come at, to a common place. It doesn't matter if, I mean, if you make uh, over six or seven digits uh, or if you don't make any digits. <laughs> You've come to a common place. It doesn't matter, amen, how old you are or how young you are. You've come to a common place. Woo! I want to tell you that God has brought you to a place where he wants to have a meeting with you today. Because you are on God's mind. Go ahead and pass out a couple more, Pastor. Thank you. He'll mention your name and call you out. Amen. Brother Ham Galbert. Praise God. Come on down. There he is. There he is. There we go. Congratulations. I don't know if it's a check, but. Ruby Hewley. All right, Ruby. Yeah. Look at God. And so. There, he gets there, and uh, they're having, they're having a, a, it's deserted. There's no one at the well. And the Bible says that he, he sits down uh, tired for the journey, wearied with his journey. He sat there at that common place, and it was the sixth hour, or it was noon. Because the day starts at six, and so by the sixth hour would be noon. It was noon. Uh, the hottest time of the day, the time where no one would want to go to the well, but here Jesus was, and he understand I've got an appointment. I have an appointment, and uh, she should be here at any moment now. So Jesus is waiting, and uh, all of a sudden, it would seem, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. So like I said, this is a commonplace this area where Jesus is at, Jacob's well, uh, both Samaritans and Jews would come. Uh, she wasn't shocked to see Jesus there. She wasn't alarmed by Jesus' presence. But she understood right away that we are not the same people. And so she got there and went about her business. And uh, she began to draw water. Now, something happens that interrupts her routine. Because she is accustomed to probably seeing uh, others at the well. But she didn't expect to see maybe uh, this person there at this time. And when she saw him, she felt, okay, you know what, it's all right. He's a Jew and we're not going to have any kind of interaction. Because uh, it was obvious she picked a time of the day to go to the well when nobody would be there. She was trying to avoid contact with other people. Amen. And some of us, that's, that's how we are. We'd rather not uh, be around other people. Something about being around people makes us uncomfortable. We get nervous. Uh, we, 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 we like small groups and we, we're afraid of large groups. And, and uh, something happened where she just didn't want to have to deal with anybody. And so Jesus is sitting there and she sees him and she ignores him because she's going to get her water and go about her day. And then Jesus speaks to her. Mm -mm -mm. Jesus speaks to her. There's something powerful when God begins to speak to you. I said there's something powerful when God begins to speak to you. 
Amen. Uh, Pastor Hammond already mentioned it this morning, but the Spirit of God began to move upon the face of the deep of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. Amen. God doesn't only move, but God also speaks. And when he begins to speak, something begins to happen. Things begin to change. Amen. God begins to speak. And he says, give me to drink. So it gives us a little backstory that his disciples, they were gone away into the city to buy meat. So they went to go buy groceries. And Jesus asked her to give him to, something to drink. And then the woman of Samaria, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? In other words, let's get things back in order. I don't know why you're talking to me. Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. And it goes on to say that uh, between us, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. There was an obvious rift, a separation brought on by society. Brought on by cultural differences. Brought on by history in the past. There was a rift. There was a separation that she said, hey, you don't have to be talking to me. And I don't need to be talking to you. Why are you asking me for something to drink? Well, I know it gets kind of tense, right? <laughs> because we realize that what we see in the scripture, wow, that's happening today in 2020. Oh, my God, why are you talking to me? And so Jesus answered and said unto her, Thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Oh, if you just knew who I was, knewest who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. Honey, you don't know who's talking to you. Hey, man, I'm just not a Jew. I'm more than just a carpenter's son. I'm more than just a man from Nazareth. Oh, hallelujah. If you just knew who I was, instead of me asking you, you would be asking me. And so you would think that she would get the hint. But no, because when you have been programmed, and when you have been affected and you have been conditioned over time and over uh, uh, your life, you begin to view the world through a lens that has been tinted and tainted and your attitude and your demeanor, amen, is shifted and changed because in your world it could be impossible for this person and this person to get along. In your world, it's impossible, amen, to bring these, these groups together. And so the woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. They say that that well in its prime was about 150 feet deep. It's a pretty deep well. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, he says, so from whence then hast thou that living water? And then she asked the question that really was a jab or an uppercut to try to knock off the conversation. Get out of my face. Move on. I've got things to do. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? She took it all the way back. All the way back to Jacob. He says, sir, I don't know who you are, and I really don't have time to talk to you. But if you're greater than our father Jacob, we'll continue this conversation. If not, move on. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Now, most of us, after a response like that, you were like, you know what, have a good day. Nice talking to you. Uh, right? Have a great life. 
But Jesus was not going to take no for an answer. Jesus was not going to take no. You look, God has been, been knocking at your door for so long. Amen. And you, you've given them, you put them off. And you've given them reasons why you can't right now. And once I get this done, and once I finish this area, and once I get to, amen, get to this place in my life, then I'll make some time. But right now, it's just not a good time. But God has sent me to tell you, amen, you are on his mind. He's still knocking at your door. He's still reaching for you. He still wants to get a hold, amen, of that area in your life that needs fixing. She tries to stave him off, push him away. Her answer is very sarcastic, very cynical. And for anybody else, it would have been the end of the conversation, but Jesus was not done because God is not easily going to give up on you. Oh, I said God will not easily give up on you. If you're in the balcony or if you're here on the first floor, God will not easily give up on you. I know you felt like you've gone too far and you've done too much. Amen. And you're unreachable, but God will not give up on you. She rejects him. She tries to push him away. Jesus right now could have intervened and gave her some information right then and there. But he decides, no, I need her to open up some doors. I want to find out if she's ready. He could have right then and there revealed what he reveals later on. But no, I need to see how, how honest is she willing to be. And so Jesus said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. You're coming to a place that can give you something that's temporal. You're looking for something to fill a void that will not be able to satisfy, will not be able to fully quench. You'll have to come back again tomorrow. Amen. Something that cannot truly, amen, uh, fulfill you. And so uh, you drink of this, you're going to have to come again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never Never thirst again, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Somebody say everlasting life. Oh, somebody say everlasting life. <laughs> Jesus said, I've got something to give to you that is everlasting. It doesn't change with the calendar date. It doesn't change with the seasons. It doesn't change, amen, with political shifts. It doesn't change. It is everlasting. It is everlasting. So this conversation continues, and the woman saith unto him, Sir, sir, give me this water. She showed Jesus that she was thirsty. She showed Jesus that she was thirsty. Give me this water. Something began to, to break in her. She saw that this man was not looking to take nothing from her, but he was looking to give something to her. Mm. And because she was looking and seeing that he was willing to give instead of take, she said, okay, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. It was two things that she was wanting to avoid, becoming thirsty again and coming back to this place. I don't want to come back to this place. Some of us find ourselves over and over at the same place. And when you hit that place, you're like, God, I'm tired of coming to this place. I'm tired of coming to this spot that uh, I, I, I'm trying to get a hold of something in you and I'm trying to live right, but oh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm back here again. God, I'm tired. And what God is wanting us to do is to be honest. What God is wanting us to do is to surrender. Because if you're tired of coming back to this place, you've got to be willing to give it all to God. You've got to be willing to surrender all to God. Jesus does not want to be your co-pilot. 
Either he's your pilot or he's not getting on board. You've got to turn it over to Jesus. You've got to give it all to him. If you don't make up in your mind to give it all to God, you'll always have to come back to this same place. Now, I know this song that I, man, I, I, I love and touch my heart. Amen. Uh, the old lady, great, take me back. I'm not going to try to sing because y'all got the singers here. I'm just a preacher. <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane. I know, I know my gifts and callings. <laughs> but the song says, take me back. Amen. To the place where I first received you. And that's beautiful, right? It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song of repentance. Repentance and a beautiful song of coming back to God. But, you know, we can't always just be going back. There has to be a place where we begin to go forward. There has to be a place where we begin to advance. We have to get to a place that I'm not always back in the same spot over and over and over and over again. I've got to go forward. And so this woman was honest enough to say, I don't want to come back to this place. I'm tired of coming back to this place. I'm tired of feeling this emptiness. I'm tired of always having to be in this situation. And so Jesus wanted to find out, well, let's find out how tired you are of it. If you're saying, okay, God, I'm ready to give it all to you. Well, he's going to ask you, I want to find out if you really are ready. God always speaks us where we're at. I said, God always meets us where we're at, but he doesn't leave us there. If we stay there, that's our choice. It's not his. He wants to take us on. He wants to take us further. Oh, he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you. Oh. I said, he wants to lead and guide you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. But you got to be willing to follow him. And so he takes her to a point and he says, okay, are you really wanting not to come back to this place? Are you willing, are you really uh, truthful about not wanting, amen, to have to get water from this well? Bring me your husband. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> Go get your husband. Now. Man, I, I, don't, I don't know what that looked like then, but I can just imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what had happened? I can just imagine my girl turned all kind of shades of colors. She could not believe he went that low. No, he didn't go there. Oh, yeah, he did. Because Jesus is going to go places in your life that may make you feel uncomfortable. But he's doing it not to embarrass you, but to lift you up and to get you out. He's doing it to help you, to heal you. If he wanted to embarrass her, he would have said all this when the disciples were there. But he made sure they weren't there. This was a one-on-one. -on -one. God is having a one-on-one -on -one with you today. I said, God is having a one-on-one -on -one with you today. He said, go, go, go get your husband. Go call thy husband and come hither. I know she's probably thinking, now who was the big mouth? Pastor already preached, watch your mouth. Who was the big mouth <laughs> that went blabbing to this man, telling him all my business? <laughs> Who was the person, amen, that got on Twitter? Oh, my goodness. Who was the person, amen, that had no business sharing my business with everybody else? Who was that individual? That's why I come here at noon. So I don't want to have to see them people no more. They hurt me. They mistreated me. They took advantage of me. I came at this time because I didn't want to have to see them anymore. But here come their same words from the mouth of a stranger. Mm. So now she's thinking about all this, trying to process all this. And I know we give this woman a, 
a situation, but she, she's thinking about all this. And she says, in verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. I don't have a husband. What are you talking about? She tried to, you know, bolster back up her, her attitude. And she had let down a little bit. I don't got no husband. <laughs> and then Jesus said, okay. Thou hast said well. Well said. Beautiful. Five stars. That was awesome. We're on the right path. See, because when we can become honest with God, God can be, do some, some deep things in our lives. Some of us come to church, come to God's house, and we're faking it till we make it. Stop faking it. Be real. Let God be real in your life. Take down the facade. Take off the mask. I said take off the mask and let God be real in your life. He said, okay. Now you're willing to be honest. You said it well, well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. Thou hast had five husbands, and he whom with thou art now hast is not thy husband. In that said is thou truly. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? Oh my, I mean, she's like, oh, oh, oh. Now, before we start judging this woman, because I know we all got our opinion about her, right? But we don't know the we don't know the backstory. She could have been a widow two times. She could have been. Who knows what happened? We don't know what happened in this woman's life. Just like you don't know what's happened in your neighbor's life. You don't know what happened in the person in front of you. Before you start judging them, whoo! Before you start criticizing them, understand that Jesus is meeting them at the well the same way he met you. Oh, he just wants us to be honest. He just wants us to be honest because God has you on his mind. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. I've got to hurry, but here we find, we find that the, he says you're doing the right thing. You're speaking truthfully, and, and you, he tells her what she had, and he said, now you, you've had five, and, and you're shocked up with somebody that ain't your husband. Now, I know society has come to a different kind of understanding that, you know, once you, what they, uh, I don't know if they have it in English. I know in Spanish they have it. They, uh, they, they call it the common union. Like, you, you've been, you live with this person long enough. You, you, you're, you, what, is, what is it called? Yeah, common law marriage. You, you, you're married already. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> not until you make that commitment. Not until you say, I do, before God. Uh, not until you say, you know what? I'm going to take you to be my lawfully married wife. Forgetting everybody else. No side. No side females. No, no, no. I'm just you. Oh, come on. Some people, they feel they're proud of that. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't have time, but there was, a, there was somebody that, that wrote a letter to, to uh, uh, what was it? Back, back when they used to write a letter, I think it's Miss Ann or Dear Ann or somebody. I forget her name now. Yeah, or Abby or Annie or something like that. Anyways, they wrote, wrote the letter to her, and he was talking about, you know, I can't help it. You know, I got all these, all these women, and, you know, I can't, I can't uh, you know, whatever. And she was like, well, I can't help you because uh, my advice is for people, not animals. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was paraphrasing, but it was kind of like that. So, uh... <laughs> We don't know her backstory, but she had a story, and Jesus knew her story. And he just wanted her to know, I know your story, but I still want to meet you. I know what you've been through. I know your pain. I know your shame. But I'm not embarrassed to talk with you. I know you've had some low points in your life, but I'm here right now, and I want to still give you everlasting life. 
Some people think that God is only interested in people, amen, who have it all together. But Jesus shows us, I'm looking for people who are messed up and have messed up. I'm looking for people who are confused and angry and bitter. And I want them to know, I have you on my mind. Oh, God. And so... She changes the subject like we like to do. You know, they were talking about her husbands, and she said, you know what, uh, I perceive. <laughs> she even started sounding religious, you know. Verily, verily, I perceive. <laughs> I perceive that thou art a prophet. She went from calling him sir to thou. <laughs> thou art a prophet. She wants to show her religious pedigree. Some of us are so aligned with our religious pedigree, that we don't allow Jesus, amen, to work in our situation. We, we got so much to talk about how, you know, I am this and I am that, and we're trying to carry on all these little denominational signs. And look, look, let me explain something to you. Amen, God, amen, came to the world to seek and to save that which was lost. That means you, that means me. And for God to do the work in our life, we have to be willing to tear down these facades that we like to erect in our lives. You know what? We come to church and we, we may even know the songs. I know that song, yeah. I like that song, yeah. And that's good. But it has to get to the point where it goes beyond the melody and the beat that the words that are being said gets down on the inside of us. Oh, I couldn't help. I mean, this is an exciting song. I love this song. I was like, man, these guys are, wow. But I began to weep. And we were singing. A, it wasn't a slow song. It was that upbeat. You know, uh, what was that? I will live and will. Yeah, I know the title of the song. I just wanted to help you all to help me sing it. <laughs> then it says, now I am free. Does it say that? I am made free or I am free or something like that. In Jesus' name, oh, I started weeping because I began to say, you know what, thank God. Thank God because of you, I will not live and will, I, I mean, I, I will live and I will not die. And because of you, Jesus, I am free. <laughs> now, the whole thing about being free where Jesus said it in John chapter 8, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry, but it wasn't, it's not who the Son sets free is free indeed. Who the Son uh Makes free, it says, uh, and you shall know the truth, and the truth, the truth shall make you free. Make you free. So God is looking, he's interested about making us over. Making us a new creature. It will make you free. Mm. Hallelujah. So she begins to talk about her religious pedigree and about her fathers and about what they did and, you know, gave a little history lesson to Jesus. Can you imagine that? Trying to give God a history lesson. You probably don't know about this, but God, <laughs> our fathers, oh really? <laughs> our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place, because we're talking about two different capitals, right? Samaria and Jerusalem. And, uh, and, and it is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said, look, woman, I didn't come to talk to you about that. I'm not here to talk about what your fathers did. I'm not here to talk about the place of worship. I'm here to talk about you. I'm here to deal with you. I'm here to help you. I'm interested in helping you right now. He said, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. Or something when you come to God and they begin to you come to church and they begin to preach, uh, amen, that Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you said, well, I was already baptized. Well, you just joined the number in Acts 19 uh, that were already baptized unto John's baptism, but you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the forgiveness of sins, because there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Baptism is only in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. 
Jesus began to drop some knowledge on this, on this woman. He said, look, amen, you don't even know what you're worshiping. Like, what are you talking about? I've been going to church all my life. <laughs> you know not what you worship for salvation is of the Jews. Oh, there he goes. See, that's why I didn't want to go there because, see, he's bringing it back up in my face. But this is what he says. Honey, that's what it is. But let me, let me, I got something for you. But the hour cometh. And now is. See, this isn't a mistake. This is the right time. I showed up right on time. You are on my mind. I know you was going to be here. And now is. This is the moment. This is your opportunity. Now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And so this woman is having a time where Jesus has given her revelation. He's given her understanding. And she says, oh, I know that the Messiah is going to come. She's trying to postpone her decision. Some of us this morning, God is already dealing with your heart. He's letting you know, honey, I don't know what that bald-headed preacher is saying, but I want you to know you're on my mind. He's running around and jumping and screaming, but I want you to hear me. I love you. Oh, God is speaking to somebody here today. Amen. And he's saying, look, this is not an accident. Amen. I brought you here on purpose because you are on my mind. Mm. And so this woman is doing what many of us do. She's trying to postpone her decision. She's trying to postpone her commitment. She's trying to push ahead. She says, well, because he said now is. And she's like, well, come on, hold up. Hold up. I mean, like, right now, right now, right now. I mean, you know, not, not like, you mean, like, right now? Yeah, now is. She's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, um, you know, the Messiah, he's going to come. And when the Messiah comes, which is called Christ, when he, when he is come, he will tell us all things. So, I, nice talking to you. I appreciate it, man. You, you're a nice guy. But we're going to wait for the Messiah, okay? All right, thank you. And she was about to go about her business. But what happens and what she didn't realize that Jesus, Jesus is the OG. <laughs> All right, now understand what I'm saying now. Y'all see some of y'all went the wrong direction. He is the only God. Come on. You see, you, you, got, the wrong, you got the wrong message. Jesus is the only God. Huh? What were y'all thinking about? Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. You don't have to wait. You don't have to postpone. I'm here right now. I'm the only God, and I'm here to help you right now. I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to heal your heart. I'm here to save you from your situation. I am here right now. And so here this morning. I'm coming to a close. We can, we can stand. Musicians can come. Why? Because I can go on and discuss this situation. But I come to tell you that you're on God's mind. You are on God's mind. As I was praying about what God would want to speak to us today, this is the only thing that come to my mind. I just said, let them know they're on my mind. As you was getting ready today, he was on God's mind. As you were preparing, God, God said, you're on my mind. Let me tell you how important this is. In Luke chapter 19, we find a situation that is similar to that of, of John chapter 4. Because in Luke chapter 19, amen, the Bible says, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, another place that many would not want to go through. But Jesus passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Mm. Now, to many of us, that sounds good. Man, that's good. That's the kind of guy I want to hook up with, connect with, network. No. Amen. In that time, just saying he was a publican uh, was a bad thing, and to say he was a chief publican was worse. And he was rich because he was a crook. And he sought to see Jesus. See? Even crooks seek Jesus. Even corrupt people need Jesus. Oh, my God. 
Look, before, before we begin to try to decide who, who gets to come in and who doesn't get to come in and who, who needs God and who doesn't need God, oh, amen, we just need to let everybody come. Let everybody, whosoever will, let them come and drink of the water of life freely. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. God is calling each and every one, come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen what happens here. Luke 19, this man has a desire in his heart. He wants to see Jesus. Not like the woman. She wasn't trying to see Jesus. But Jesus was trying to see her. <laughs> now Zacchaeus, uh, he wanted to see Jesus. And who he was and could not for the press. There was too many people around. And because he was a little, a little of stature, he had, he had some obstacles in his life. He had some things that weren't going for him. Maybe some of us here today feel like I got some obstacles in my life that don't, that don't go. That, that it's not on my side. I, maybe I don't come from the right family. Maybe I don't have, you know, the right social status. Maybe this, that, or the other. There's some things that were against Zacchaeus. But he didn't let that keep him from seeking after the Lord. And he ran before he said, well, he's probably going to come this way. He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, this is a powerful thing. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must. Mm. Today I must, I must, kind of the same thing what he did in Samaria. I must needs go through Samaria. Today I must abide at thy house. Now we've come to God's house today, but God wants to go to your house today. I said we've come to God's house today, but God wants to go to your house today. I wonder if we could gather around the front here. The pastor has a few more of these cards he's going to pass out later on or during the altar call or whenever he feels he's fit. But I just want to let somebody here know. Hey, Pastor, find that, that card for Crystal. Crystal, Crystal is in the house. Where you at, Crystal? Yeah, Crystal Carper. Where's Crystal at? Oh, there's, there's Crystal. There we go. We'll make sure we get that one to you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Look, I want you to understand. God wants to go home with you today. I don't know what is awaiting you in your home. I don't know what you have to face when you get there. But the good news is that you're going to go home with him. When, when Zacchaeus makes it to his house with Jesus. <laughs> Zacchaeus makes it to his house with Jesus. This is a different man. My man, now he's doing He's doing what the rich young ruler would not do. He said, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell the half of the things that I have, not to turn a profit, but I'm going to give all the money to the poor. Now, you have to understand, this guy was a different kind of thinker. He was not going to give anything away. He was taken. But when he got a hold of Jesus... He said, oh, no, 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 this means nothing to me. Amen, I'm going to sell the half of the things that I have. I'm going to give that to the poor. And then he said, this is where you find a repentant heart. And everybody who I have hoodwinked, bamboozled, taken advantage of, I'm going to pay them four times more than what I took from them. Just think about that. That put the man, I'm sure... At zeros. But to him it was okay. Because I got Jesus. That day Zacchaeus realized God has me on his mind. And when everybody else thought I was just a crook and a thief, and because I made a name for myself of, of being unjust, oh, but now that Jesus has come to my house, oh, I've, made, I've made a change. God wants to make a change in your life. That day that woman left that well, and she went into the city. 
And she said, come and see a man who's told me whatever, what all the things that I have done. Is not this the Christ? And I don't have the time, but what this woman became, she became a, an evangelist. She became, amen, a disciple maker. She brought the whole city. She brought the whole city. She brought the whole city to Jesus. God is wanting to let you know he has you on your mind because Fort Myers needs to come to Jesus. And you're the link. You're the one. You're the one that's going to make the change. You're the one that's going to make the shift. Why don't you let God be God in your life? He has you on his mind. I wonder if we could pray right now. Lord. I'm grateful for this opportunity you've given your people, you've given our guests, you've given Lord Jesus this congregation to understand that you, you have thought on us, you, you dwell on us, your thoughts are toward us, that your word says that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, you died for us because we were on your mind. As the song says, while you were on the cross, I was on your mind. Oh, God. Amen. Do we understand that Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the thoughts I have concerning thee. Oh, thoughts of peace. God, you have us on your mind. I pray that you'll touch every young person and every old person. I pray that you'll touch every man and every woman. I pray, God, that all that have come, amen, willing to take off the mask, willing to bring down the facade, willing to be real and honest with you, can have a revelation moment. Can have a revelation moment. Oh, that salvation comes. Let understanding come. Let healing come. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your heart. Lift up your heart to God. Oh, lift up your heart to God. He has come on purpose because you're on his mind. You are on his mind. You are on his mind. Only you can satisfy my soul. Only you can satisfy my soul. 